go ahead and be seated for a moment. Thank you to the team for leading us into worship. One of the things I meant to mention earlier, if you're here or you know anyone in our church that has needs, you don't want to get out because of your condition to go to the stores and you need something or you, um, you need someone to go do something for you. Uh, we're a church here. This is the time that the church steps up. This is the time that the church shows up. And I, I want to make sure that we care for the needs that are represented by this body. And so if that's you or you know somebody that does have needs, uh, let myself or one of our senior team know. And we'd love to be a part of being vessels that can help people through this. Amen? So we're going we're gonna to be there for uh, people, not even in our church, but people that we know that have needs. And so... Uh, let this be a time where the church does its part, amen? And we're all the church. Church is not this building. This is where we meet on Sundays and Wednesdays. But we're, this, this is not the church. We are the church. So when you leave here today, the church is going to, to your address, and the church is going where you're going, and, and you need to be the church everywhere you go, amen? So uh, we thank God for that. Uh, I'm going to talk today. Um, for a few moments from the Word of God, and I believe that God has given me some direction just to kind of help us in the middle of what we would call uncertainty. Um, and, and really, we're, we're, we're walking through a, it's, it's not storming out, but it's a storm that we're facing in our culture. It's a beautiful sunny day, and it's, it's actually very nice out, but uh, we're, we're walking through a a storm of emotions and a storm of uncertainty. And we need to have God's peace in the middle of the storm. Amen? Uh, we're going to go to the Word of God. I'm going to read one verse. In fact, I'll let you stand for this one. I've got a bunch more to read, but stand for this first one, and, and then I'll let you be seated. John chapter 14 and verse 27. The Bible says here, Jesus speaking, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus has come to bring peace. The angels at Bethlehem declared peace on earth, goodwill to men. The Bible calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. And today, the people of God need to know that we find peace in Jesus. Let's pray for the Word of God today. Jesus, I pray that God, my heart, my mind, my spirit, God, would receive the powerful Word of God, that Word that is living that word that is able to speak clearly today. God, I pray that the peace of God would come and rest upon my mind, upon the minds of your people, God. Help us to know, God, that you're with us through this storm. You will see us through it, God. And we thank you for what you're going to do. And everybody said in Jesus' name, God bless you as you find your seats. Now we're going to read a portion of Scripture in the book of Acts that I want you to kind of follow along with me. 
Um, it, it's much of a chapter, but it's not the entire chapter, but it's more verses than I would typically read. But I think it's important to read this portion of Scripture to get the context of what's happening in uh, the Apostle Paul's life in Acts. Acts chapter 27, starting at verse 1, I'm re reading from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy... How many want to go to Italy? Maybe not today. Um, when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some of the prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment. So entering a ship of Adramitium, we put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia. Aristarchus a Macedonian of Thessalonica, was with us. And the next day we landed at Sidon. And Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. When they had put to sea, or where they could get in the boat again and went out to sea, from there we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the sea, which is off Cilia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia, a lot of crazy names here. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. When we, had set, when we had sailed slowly many days and arrived with difficulty off Snidus, the wind, did not, the wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of Crete off Salmone. Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near the city of Lycia. Now, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only to the cargo and ships, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised, everybody say the majority. The majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, opening toward the southwest and northwest and winter there. When the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close to Crete. But not long after... A tempestuous headwind arose called Eurocladon. And when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Clotta, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship, and fearing lest they should run aground on the Syrtis sands, they struck sail and were so driven. And be because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. They were in the storm of their lives. 19 says, On the third day we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our hands. And then 20, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me 
and have not sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I encourage you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. The King James says the famous words, Fear not, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as was told me. There's more to the story, but jump down to verse 42. And the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to land. Talk about a storm. Talk about just the, the, the thoughts of it, days and nights without any sight of the, the, the sun, the moon, the stars. They couldn't see. It was just a storm that was continuing. And, and it seemed like there was no hope. But, but I, I want to encourage us today. We're going to look at these verses a little bit in more detail. But, but we are in right now what I would call a storm in Canada and in our world. We, we are facing a, a crisis and a storm, and, and our lives are filled with uncertainty. As I mentioned earlier, there's fear that has gripped the hearts of men and women and Christians and unchristians. The volatility of the stock market, wondering if what the government will do next and what they'll shut down and if they will do what needs to be done. And I, I want to congratulate and, and give kudos to the governments that have taken action to slow down the, the spread of this virus. We have to thank those that are in harm's way, those in the hospitals and, and in those communities where they got to deal with people with the viruses, doctors and nurses and care workers. I, I thank God for people who put their lives on the line and they have the potential of becoming infected to help other people. And we wonder, will we have to face it personally? Will it affect our lives as a family, as an individual? Well, I want to tell you, it already has affected our lives. Those with children in public school, it's affected your life. Spring break is supposed to be a wonderful time of getting you know, home with the kids for a few days and maybe going and doing some fun stuff. Well, guess what? You get an extended spring break this year. Schools have closed. And I, and I congratulate those that made those kind of... Those are tough calls to make. How many saw on social media the, the, those boxes with the dots? Did anyone see those with me? Okay, a couple people did. Um, you, need to, you need to go see that. It shows, you know, the curve, the, the, the curve or the, or the curve or the... The different curves. It, it shows if they will stop people from congregating in, in big groups. And they, they've shut down, of course, hockey, basketball, all those major sports. Those of you that look forward to March Madness, 
I'm sorry. You know, there, there's, there's so much that has been affected, but, but they say if they can keep the people from communicating and, and, and getting together, we're, we're together today, so we're not really helping the problem uh, today. But the point is that it, it, the curve is a whole different curve. And, and we get through this in, in a positive way. But travel has been, we have had warnings from our prime minister to not travel internationally. Many large meetings, many of the churches that I, I have friends that pastor these churches, the churches are not having service today because they're above the number of what they're allowing to meet. We're still below the number right now. But, but, but there's churches that are above that number and they cannot unless they disobey what government is asking. They're, they're talking about even what they're going to do with the borders. I, I heard one, I saw one article that the prime minister and people in government are going to make some decisions in the early part of this coming week about the possibility of even closing the borders. I'm not sure if that will happen or not, but th those are some of the things. We are being affected by this virus. I mentioned Costco. Well, I didn't mention Costco. I mentioned Walmart. Um, my wife did go. She, you know, she um, decided that on Friday, we, we, we don't have a lot of stockpile of stuff at our house. We don't live like that. So we thought, well, let's just get some hamburger, some an extra pack of eggs, you know, a couple of things just to kind of, you know, if, if they shut this stuff down for a week or two, we'd be good. Everybody else had the same idea. <laughs> she went to Costco over in Stony Creek and um, no eggs, no hamburger. What else was it you were looking for? It's just the staple stuff. Cheese. No, no, no the cheese. No block cheese. She said, she called me, she said, she didn't call me pastor, Steve. <laughs> Sometimes in our crazy moments, she might call me pastor uh, when she's upset with me. Pastor. <laughs> there you go, pastor. I'm going to be in trouble. I'm not trying to get myself in trouble. Um. So she said, you got to go to Costco in Burlington. So I got to Costco. She said, you, you, have, you have to go see what's going on. She wanted me to see it more than anything. So I, I went to see what was going on at Costco. It was actually alarming, the fear and the people racing through that store with carts and the throngs of people and the empty cabinets and the empty shelves. Um, you know what? It's a storm. And it doesn't matter if you're wealthy. It doesn't matter if you're on poverty level. It doesn't matter what culture you're from. It doesn't matter if you're the prime minister or the prime minister's wife. It doesn't matter who you are. In, in our world today, this is affecting almost everyone. And we're uncertain right now about how everything's going to turn out. And because of a few of the things that I've just mentioned... This storm has the ability to rob me and rob you of the peace of God. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. He's come to bring peace on earth. And it's easy when circumstances get out of control. And your stocks are going up and down and hopefully they will go back up. It's easy to have the things of this world 
to conspire against the peace of God and rob you of that peace. So today we're going to look at what God's Word says about finding peace in the middle of the storm. You know, sometimes things challenge a lot of our foundation. Storms sometimes come and and they will challenge us. Times of uncertainty will come. And here's a couple of things that I thought gets challenged when we're in the middle of a storm. The first thing that gets challenged, and probably the most critical, is your faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith. It's the foundation of who you are. How's your faith today? Times of uncertainty causes you to wonder, do I really believe this? Or am I going to worry myself sick? over what's going on in my world. Storms will come, and your perspective will either increase your faith or will decrease your faith. You know what? When I think about this crisis that we're in in our world, my faith can look in two directions. I can look to me. Okay, i got to get to Costco. i got to get to Walmart. i got to do all. I can look to government. You know, are they going to get the, the, the kits for me to ha- have the test? Are, are they going to protect us? Are they going to... We, we can look to all those places. Or we can go to the Word of God. And we can go to the house of God. And we can go to God in prayer. We, 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 our faith is being tested right, right. and challenged right. in the middle of this crisis. But when we go to God... We go knowing with a surety, going with a certainty that God is going to see us through. I hope that's how you feel today. I hope that as your faith is being challenged by today's environment in our culture, that your faith is growing in God. That your confidence is more secure than it was a week ago. That your faith is there and you say, I'm going to go forward with God. I'm going to trust the word of God. And I'm relying upon his word and I'm relying upon his peace to come and be with me. The next thing that's challenged in times of uncertainty is not only your faith, but your commitment to God. Everybody say commitment. Abel, in in Hebrews 11.4, says, By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. Abel and Cain both were, were asked to bring worship to God, to bring sacrifice to God. And the Bible says that by faith, Abel made the commitment that he was going to follow God and follow the instructions in God's word, what God had commanded. And because he made the commitment to to follow God, God calls Abel a righteous man. How, How is your commitment to God as we face the storm, COVID 19, coronavirus? How is your commitment? How is your worship to God in the middle 
of this storm? What if we don't have church for a couple weeks? Will you worship God? I'm not saying we're going to do that. I'm just saying, what if that happens? Times of uncertainty have the ability to challenge your commitments to God. Is your commitment and your worship to God based on everything going good, everything going smoothly, and everything just wonderful in my life? Or or when the storms do come, is your worship still strong and your commitment to God and and His Word to, to, to have time with God and, excuse me, time in His presence? Is it something that you're going to still worship God? Are, are you in worship only because of what God can do for you? Or are you going to worship God because He's great and He's greatly to be praised? In spite of what's going on in my world, God, I want to be one that will worship you in the middle of the storm. If Jesus is with you in the storm, you don't have anything to worry about. You can face any tempest. If Jesus is with you in the storm, there was an old song that I remember as a young guy. It says, if Jesus rides in my vessel, I will feel no alarm because he gives me peace in the midst of the storm. He, he's the master of the winds and waves. He's the one that has the ability to speak peace, be still, in the middle of a storm. I think of Job. What a storm Job faced. We, we know that Job chapter 1, it just starts out, and Job's this guy with all these kids and all these animals and all this wealth, and everything's wonderful for Job. And then all of a sudden, things start happening in Job's life. And, and how do you face those kinds of storms? This is what Job did. Job chapter 1 and verse 21, the latter part of that verse says, Job speaking, he said, The Lord gave. The Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Corona comes. Kids have to stay home from school. Stock market has taken, my stocks have taken a tumble. Things are not good. Go to Walmart and the stuff's not there. Go to Costco and the stuff's not there. How are you going to face it? What's your commitment to God going to look like? How's your worship going to show up in the middle of it all? Are you going to worship God? Or are you going to bite your fingernails and hunker down in the corner and, and, and whine? No, we've we, we got to be like Job. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to praise you in the middle of the storm. I, I know that, God, you can speak peace in the middle of my storm. No matter what I'm going through, God, I know I can trust you because you're going to see me through. Let's take a moment right now. I think it's important right now that we just take a moment. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. Let's just give them a little bit of praise right now. God, in the middle of this storm, we lift up our voices before you, God. We give you praise right now because you're worthy. God, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, God. God, I know you're the peace speaker. God, I praise you, God, that you're going to speak peace, God, into my heart today. You're going to speak peace into the hearts of your people, God. Lord, you're worthy, God. You're worthy. You're worthy. God, I praise you today. That's right, church. Let's give them a little bit of worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. So our faith is challenged in a storm, times of uncertainty. Our, our, our commitment and our worship is challenged in times of uncertainty. Another thing that I think is challenged is our patience. Hebrews 11 and 7, by faith Noah, when he was warned about things yet not yet seen, in holy fear he built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. You know, this guy Noah, he had to have a lot of patience. We're not very patient people. Noah had to hear from God and begin building an ark in the middle of a place that no rain has fallen. He had to trust the Word of God. They say that it took Noah about 120 years to build this boat. Talk about patience. But because his patience was not something that he let get out of hand, he was still patient, he was able to do what God commanded. He was able to go the distance. And because of his patience, the Bible says he saved his family. I'm going to ask you parents today, is your patience shining through to your kids? Is your faith and confidence in God and the Word of God, is it coming through so that your family, your friends, your co-workers see it? Or do they see you as a, a bundle of nerves, complaining and, and negative, or are you filled with patience, trusting the Word of God, confident in God that God is going to see you, see your family through this? That's another thing that's challenged in times of uncertainty. And then finally, the thing that I would say is also challenged is obedience. Everybody say obedience. obedience. Hebrews 11 and 8 says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. The Bible says, Abraham, what did he do? He obeyed. He followed. He trusted in God. You know, I want to tell someone here today, God places a high premium on obedience. If there's things in this word that, that God is asking us to do, we must simply obey God's word. Sometimes even when it doesn't make sense, we have to trust the word of God. So things that are challenged in times of uncertainty is my faith. Everybody say faith. Another thing that's challenged in times of uncertainty, I'm going to go back up here because I forgot the second one, is my commitment to God. My worship. Then, then, then the next thing that's challenged in times of uncertainty is my patience. And then finally, my obedience to God. So here we have the Apostle Paul. He, he's being transported. He, he's a prisoner. 
He's on his way on boats. And it's not the best time of travel. And he's now found himself in the storm of his life. And I believe there's a couple of lessons that we can learn from this account in the Word of God. Lessons that will help us through the storm. First thing that I think that we can learn from this experience of the Apostle Paul is we must obey God's Word and not give in to pressure from our peers. Amen? It's more important to obey this than to give in to the pressures around you. The Bible says that in Acts 27 and verse 11, that they, were, they wanted to, they listened to Paul's argument, like, hey, we don't need to do this, we don't do this, I, I heard from God. They said, no, no, we're, we're going to go by what the helmsman says, we're going to go by what the owner of the ship says, and they did not heed what Paul was saying. Sometimes it's easy for us to get caught up with what everybody else is saying, get caught up with all the social media stuff, and we get concerned. We, folks, we got to obey the Word of God. we got to obey, thus saith the Word. If God says He's going to be with us through the storm, He's going to be with us through the storm. If God says He's going to give peace in the midst of the storm, He's going to give peace in the midst of the storm. So I'm not going to succumb to the pressures around me. I'm going to be like Paul, and I'm going to obey God's word and not give in to pressures. Number two, like Paul, I must do what is right, not just what feels right. The verse 13 says, when the south wind blew softly. Oh, it's a nice day. It's a great day for sailing. Supposing that they had obtained their desire, they put out to sea and sailed by Crete. You know what? I want to encourage you today. Don't always rely on your feelings. Don't always look to the circumstances and make decisions based on your feelings or based on the circumstances. Because I want to let you know that sometimes your feelings will lead you down the wrong road. Sometimes the circumstances will deceive you. It looks good. Hey, pastor, I want to do this at all. Everything is pointless. It's the will of God. Don't let all the open doors sometimes deceive you. Psalm 14 and 12 lets us know there's a way that seems right to a man. Put that verse up there, Brother Aliyu. Psalm 14 and 12. There's a way which seemeth right unto a man. Seems like the right thing. Everything, it looks good, Pastor. All, all the doors are opening, Pastor. It just seems good. But it says the end thereof are the ways of death. we got to only go to this book in the middle of a storm. Only go to prayer in the middle of a storm. Only go to a God that loves you and wants to see you through the storm when you're in the storm. Some of you are not just in a storm called COVID-19. Some of you are in another storm today. I want to encourage you, don't, don't, don't make decisions based on how you feel. Don't make decisions on your own, but, but go to godly counsel. Go to the Word of God. Go to prayer, and God will direct your steps. And then finally, Paul, he was able to receive a fresh awareness of God's presence in the middle of the storm. I just think it's so incredible 
that in the middle of this, I don't know how many nights and days that they were out there with the ship and they were in the middle of the storm without sun or stars or moon shining through for days. Verse 23 says, For there stood by me this night an angel of, the, of God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Hallelujah. What, 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 what an amazing thing. You're in the middle of the storm of your life, but yet you have God show up in the middle of your storm. You have God come to give you direction. And, and what the word that came from God was this. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of the trial, Paul had an encounter with God. Today, in the middle of all the chaos of this week that we've just passed, I, I encourage you, have an encounter with God. I, I pray today you've already felt God in this place. I pray today that you've already sensed his presence. But before we leave here today, I encourage you, you must have a fresh encounter with God. It's time to get into his presence. It's time to let his presence minister to you. It's time to allow God to come to where you're at in the middle of your trial and you to get the sense that, hey, everything is going to be okay because I feel the confidence that comes from the presence of God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I'm almost done. Don't, don't, I, I'm not saying don't get on social media, but don't feast on it. It breeds fear. It breeds doubt. It, it breeds panic. The media, and they said, of course, SARS, they say, was it, when, I don't know, I can't remember the year of SARS. SARS came and SARS was bad. Like, many people died with SARS. But it was pre all this social media thing. And because of that, there wasn't the alarm in the hearts of the people the way it is today. Because the social media narrative right now is, look out, watch out, be careful, go get food, buy all that you can buy. You got to be careful. Don't feed yourself and all that stuff. If it starts messing with you, if it starts causing you to have fear or doubt or panic, or anxiety, you're, you're on it a little bit too much. Focus on God. Get in the Word of God. Focus on His power. Focus on His provision. Focus on His ability to see you through this storm. You know, in storms, people sometimes make bad choices. I remember I, I lived in Stockton, California for... Um, some years when I was in college, there was a great man in the church of Stockton, one of the elders in the church. His name was Daryl Seabold. He was a pilot. He, he had a small plane that he flew uh, many times up and down the San Joaquin Valley there in central California. Great leader in the church. And, and, and he was out flying one night in the middle of a storm. It was a foggy California night. California, 
you think of California as like Florida on the opposite coast. For those of you that have not been there, it's not Florida on the opposite coast. California is a different place. I always thought, you know, I'd been to Florida as a Canadian. We'd go down to Florida in the, in the wintertime for our, it's the tropics and the heat. California is not that. It's usually desert, and it's the valley with all the, a lot of the produce is produced there and for the USA and Canada from that valley. And um, it's the coast. It, it, it can be cold in the summertime in California. Um, my, my wife and I, I took her there on our first anniversary, and we went to San Francisco at the end of our trip, and we were in San Francisco at the end of May, and we had to buy coats. The wind was blowing that much and that intensely, and it was cold in San Francisco at the end of May. That all being said, Daryl Seabald, he was a, an avid flyer. He'd flown for years, but he got caught flying out of uh, Fresno, California, back up to Stockton on a night that it was a foggy, stormy California night. And that night, Daryl Seabald had a condition that was called vertigo come over him. It's, it's Brother Mark's here. It, it caused him to think that he was flying up into the sky and he was flying down towards the earth. And the sad part of the story is that Daryl Seabald, in the middle of the storm, made some decisions. He, they say that that plane went straight into the earth at full speed. Because he thought he was going up, and in reality, he was going down. In storms, you can't always trust your instincts. In storms, you, you, you have to trust something that is secure. In storms, you've got to go to the Word of God. If you feel fear, get out the Word of God. There's lots of Word that, that provides peace. We must learn to live by the authority of of the Word of God. Not how I feel. Not by what's going on. Not by what the, the media is telling me to feel. I'm not going to be dictated by that. I'm going to trust the Word of God. God's Word is full of power. God's Word is full of truth. And so I'm going to go to the Word of God and I'm going to declare the Word of God over my life. As I conclude this message today, I found some scriptures that I want to read in your hearing. I want you to let this simmer over your mind and your spirit today. John chapter 16 and verse 33. Jesus speaking, he said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. This is Jesus talking. 2020, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Don't let the social media people get fear gripping your heart. Be of good cheer. Because Jesus said, I have overcome the world. We read it as we started today's message. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts 
in you. If you don't have peace today, you got to get your mind in the right place. Get your mind on Jesus. Get your mind on the one that can keep you in perfect peace. A great portion of scripture to pray over your family. Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Read, read verse 2 with me together. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Read verse 3. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Verse 4. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor by the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Hallelujah. Let's go back to, to that last one. I want to read that one again. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Verse 10, no evil, no evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Everybody standing this morning. Two more verses. We're going to read these together as well. We preached about this a few weeks ago, maybe a month and a half ago. Philippians 4. Verse 6 and 7. Let's read this together. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then, everybody say then. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The Word of God is something that we can hold on to. The Word of God is sure. It's forever settled in heaven, the Bible says. The Word of God is something that we can, we can read and we can memorize and we can, we can pray it today. We're not going to come to the altar or we're going to let you stay in your seats today. But I just want to take a couple of minutes at the conclusion of this service and I want you to begin to pray and thank God for His peace. If you don't have it today, you can leave with it today. If you need God to touch you, if God is there need in your body, God's able to minister to you right now. Every head bowed, I, I want you to begin to pray and talk to God. I want you to begin to lift up your voices and lift up your, your hands and begin to let God know that you need Him in your life. Jesus, we're going to believe you, God, in the middle of all this. 
God, I don't got to be uncertain. God, if you are in my life, I, I don't got to live with uncertainty. But I can live, God, with a, a confidence. I can live with God in assurance that, God, you're going to see me through, God. You're going to see my family through. You're going to see the people of Life Church through this, God. We're going to come out on the other side, God, and we're going to glorify and honor you. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. I thank you for the promises, God, that, God, I don't got to worry about this virus. God, it's not going to come near us. God, there's no plague that's going to come near my dwelling. God, I thank you that I can experience your peace in the middle of the storm. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, we worship you. We worship you.